Welcome to the Josh Bolton Show, where we dive into interesting and inspiring conversations. And now, your host, Josh Bolton. Got <laughs> rock on, rock on. Um, welcome everybody. Today we have Mark Willis, and we're going to talk about some awesome stuff. His strategy on investing and how to make money when times are good, but not really lose money when times are bad and whatever else we get into. It's going to be awesome. Mark, take it away. Well, thanks, Josh. Thanks for having me on, man. Uh, I Yes, I'm a certified financial planner and I've had the privilege of getting to work with uh, business owners, real estate investors, even NFL Super Bowl champions. Uh, nice. But most of the people I get to work with just want to have some more control over their life and have seen the market's uh, take a t- temper tantrum and turn it into a roller coaster. Uh, and uh, so we just work with clients around the country to over the phone or over Zoom to just make sure that they've got something that they know they can count on uh, no matter what's going on in the headlines or in the markets. That's awesome. So um, let's get right down to the brass tacks. What is some of the, well, what are some of the strategies you have for your clients? And then what are the ones that you generally recommend for the the newcomer to the investing. I'll be brief about my story, but I'll share quickly the reason why I have the strategies I have comes from my own pain, really. Uh, I graduated from college with a ton of student loan debt and no plan to pay it off. And I graduated in the Great Recession of 2008. And so it was you know, a hard time to be looking for work. Uh, and in fact, you were talking before we hit record on some of the less than desirable work that you had done before starting your podcast. Yeah, before I started my financial firm, I I have memories of doing property management and uh, cleaning out old nasty apartments and getting them ready to to rent out, and I didn't want that. Um, <laughs> funny enough, so I I wanted something better for my life, but I knew I was under the thumb of a ton of student loan debt, and as it happens, I also wanted to have a brighter financial future, and so I dug deep. I didn't grow up knowing much about money at all, man, uh, but. I said, I, got, I know it's figure outable. And yeah. yeah, that's a word, I'm sure. <laughs> we so just made I, it a word. Yeah, man. So I uh, got my certified financial planner designation because if I'm going to learn something, I'm going to learn it hard, I guess. <laughs> Took me about three years to get that. But I really wanted to get money down. I, I really wanted to understand it. And I stumbled across some strategies uh, and tactics, all of which were phenomenal, exciting, inspiring but I realized I was chasing shiny objects. And I feel like most of us do this our entire life. You know, we're told to get the 401k. So we just get it. We're told that Roth IRAs are probably good. So we get one of those. We get our first couple of credit cards because we're handed those at college for the free t-shirt or the free pizza or whatever. We're told to get crypto because that's where the cool kids are. So we get some crypto, but we don't ever ask, why do we want this? And, And more importantly, what is it we want our money doing for us? You see, the the entire every every transaction includes money. Yes, every transaction. So that means it's a big deal to figure out what we want this thing called money to do for us, because it's going to impact literally every transaction of our life. Um, even the conversation you and I are having, we're not sending money through the through the wires in our walls, but it costs money just to be on the internet. It so does. just to have this discussion and have this transaction costs money, right? So we've got to figure this money thing out if we're going to have a good relationship. It's not that we want to serve money. In fact, we want the exact opposite. We want money serving us. But I don't think we ever stop and think, well, what do we want our money doing? If you had an employee, you'd probably want to give them a job description. 
Mm-hmm. And yet we live our whole life as servants to money rather than the other way around. So that's sort of my mindset or frame of mind uh, as I was trying to figure out how to handle this thing called money myself. And when I started to think about money, I really wanted it to be around the like the function of money, not the label. I don't want to chase the shiny object. I wanted the characteristics. I want the adjectives, not the nouns. You know, I didn't want 401k. I wanted um, predictable. I wanted liquid, accessible, tax-free, guaranteed, um, you know, outside of probate. I wanted all those characteristics, not necessarily like um, nouns, if you will. Right. So maybe you could share with me, Josh, what do you want your money doing for you? What's the the some of the key elements to how money would work if you could just be pope of money for the day how would you want it to act in your life that's a good question uh so for me my my current thing is it's funny how you said the roth ira and all that and i was like i got that I, this and that um i wanted to grow steady like you were saying that's what i was curious about your strategy um i set up my account to be a mix of everything wolf uh etfs i have a lot of reits um which I might have to start looking into because the interest rate hike, but uh, then um, just more like stuff that even if there's high interest rates, like Coca-Cola, people will always buy Coke kind of thing. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the, the big, the big project for me was just, I had to sit down and think about, all right, what is it? What is it doing? Is this money accessible? Mm-hmm. And if it's in a 401k or a Roth IRA, it's not accessible. Right. Do I want do I want my money to have some tax advantages? Well, some places you can park your money, give it tax advantages. Others, you lose tax advantages. Uh, some are exposed to market risk. Others are not. Some are exposed to inflation risk. Others benefit in times of higher inflation. So I just really like I, I literally grabbed a legal pad and your audience can do the same for free, right? For, for virtually no money, you could sit there for five, 10 minutes and just have a journal session. What do I want my money doing for me? And just make a little list, you know, predictable results. Um, pass it on to my kids. Passive mm-hmm. income, competitive rate of return. Just check, 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 check. And then start going through the 400 plus places you can put money. And I, I tried to keep up with it. There were over 450 um, assets that you could choose from. Uh, and then you can have different stocks within all those assets. So it, it just creates an infinite portfolio for folks, which is why for many people, it's just kind of overwhelming to deal with this thing called money. It's just very overwhelming for many people. So you know, to make a long story short, I found a strategy that really saved you know, my bacon when I was in all that debt and also pro- provided for me a way to start my business, help my family with buying houses and real estate and send kids to college and retire well. Uh, And, you know, it shocked me when I discovered this. You asked me what are one of my strategies that I focus on. Uh, Of all things, as I was doing my due diligence, trying to check all my boxes, um, a strange little known variation of an asset that I discovered had been around for over 200 years in this country, uh, but very few people knew about. Um, But it grew on a guaranteed basis, guaranteed. It was was accessible, tax-free tax-free, meaning you can access it for any reason, didn't have to like beg a bank or, you know, sell a stock or whatever. You could get the money out for any reason. There's no prohibited transactions. Of all things in the financial universe, Josh, it was dividend paying whole life insurance. Boring old whole life insurance, man. (laughs) 
I'm sitting here thinking this must be not some like new crypto thing or (laughs) that I don't know about. I know. I know. If believe me, if I could be talking about any of that, I would rather be talking about that. But I can't look past how compelling that that strategy is. So give me like, I don't know, three, four minutes and I'll try to explain this in plain English because go for it. A whole life insurance is much derided. Let's just say it that way uh, amongst us financial planners. And remember, as a CFP, I don't just run around telling people to do this or do that. I I always sit down and have a one-on-one talk first. I want to listen to someone's goals, their risk, tolerance, their, their concerns. But let me kind of in general explain how it works and then I'll get your feedback. So again, yeah. whole life insurance is different than term insurance. Right. Term insurance is what we'll borrow for a while. We'll rent the death benefit for a little bit, and then it'll get more expensive as we age. And you can't build wealth with term insurance unless you kick the bucket. <laughs> and I yeah. don't want anybody doing that. So whole life insurance is more of a owning of the contract. You don't rent, you own with whole life insurance. You're building up equity in your policy, just like you build up equity in a house. That equity, that owned money is guaranteed by the insurance company to grow every single year. So while I'm looking at the S&P 500 and we are at this moment, at this moment of recording, we are down 21% year to date. Mm -hmm. Whole life contracts for every policy owner that has a whole life contract it has hit an all-time record high this year for them. So they are experiencing the best year they've ever had in their policy this year. And next year is going to be even better on a guaranteed basis. So that's number one, guaranteed to grow. No matter what's happening in the markets, no matter who sneezes on who, it's guaranteed to grow. Number two, you can access the money. And there's no tax due if it's designed correctly. The tax law says you can get cash out of the policy either through a withdrawal or a loan, totally income tax-free and for any reason. So, you know, you might need to fix up your, do a kitchen remodel, or you might want to take a trip around the world, uh, or you might want to invest in some real estate. You can do that with the policy. You can access the money for any reason. So many places people park their cash, they can't touch it for 40 years. Yeah. I'm looking at you, 401k, right? I'm looking (laughs) at you, IRA. (laughs) Yeah. So getting access to money is huge because I see so many people living on razor thin cash savings accounts and a bunch of credit card debt. But what if you had a year or even two years worth of money just laying around for opportunities, investments, emergencies? So that's the second piece is it's liquid accessible cash. So um, just a quick question. There. Yeah. I'll say quick question on that then. So would I get my money through the insurance company or like you said, do I go to like B of A, say, hey, I have my whole life. Can I take like a loan on it kind of thing? Oh, good question. Either one is possible. I like asking the insurance company and I don't ask, I tell. Okay. Well, yeah. Um, yeah, because it's my money. I can get the money out for any reason and they cannot deny me my own money. Uh, with the Bank of America loan or um, not to point that, Point, point at them directly, but any banker can right. deny me a loan. Um, what's that old quote by Mark Twain, Josh? Uh, it's a, oh, a, a banker is a fellow who will lend you his umbrella when the sun shines, uh, but wants it back as soon as it starts to rain. Yes. <laughs> That's how he had, he had some. Work. He had some very <laughs> witty and potent sayings. <laughs> yeah. He knew right what to say, when to say it. And he's true a hundred years later, he's still true. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, you can... And that kind of leads me to the third piece, and then I'll hush after this. 
you can withdraw money out of your saving out of your whole life policy. You can just withdraw the money out. But I'm not a fan of that because think about it this way. Let's forget about life insurance for a minute. Let's just think about how we buy stuff. Let's say you need to buy a car. You can either finance it with a bank or a dealer, you know, financing through the dealer or through a regular bank loan or whatever. Mm-hmm. And now you're paying them and you're on their dole, right? Or you're on their you're on their hook. You got to pay them 500 bucks a month or a thousand bucks a month for that auto loan. You're paying them interest. If you don't pay them back on time, they're going to repo your car and wreck your credit and ruin your life and, you know, every, all the bad stuff that happens there. Um, that's the the banker's tragedy right there. The debtor's problem is to just pay off one debt and then fall right back down the staircase to climb up only to fall back down again, to climb back up, to, to fall back down again. Most people live their whole life on that debt staircase. But there's another problematic staircase, and that's saver's staircase is just the same. But now we're climbing up the saving staircase. We're saving 500 bucks a month for our next car. We're feeling good. We're making our 1% in our savings account. You know, we're feeling great about it. Save, 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 save. And then we build up enough money in our savings account. And what do we do? We withdraw that money out of our savings account or our brokerage account or wherever we were saving our cash. And we spend that money at the dealer. And we get the title to the car and we feel so great. And we can tell Dave Ramsey, I'm debt free. But the problem is we also broke compound growth on that money. Mm -hmm. You see, and this was the biggest aha moment of my financial life. I realized that you finance everything you buy. Either you pay interest to a bank or you spend your cash and you break compound growth and you pass up interest you could have earned on that money. Had you not bought the car or the cup of coffee or whatever, and just left that money to grow for the rest of your life. So the the true problem of paying cash for things is that we keep breaking compound growth. And I got to tell you, Josh, that's the most important, that's the most crucial part of the financial picture here. If you could just not break compound growth, you'd win. Yeah. But we always keep breaking compound growth, either because we spend money or because the market takes it from us. So um, when we use a policy, we can borrow against the cash value. If it's a true bank on yourself designed whole life, not all whole life does this. I got to be really clear about that. But if it's designed the right way, you know, it's sort of like um, if it's designed a very specific way, you've got a, a feature or an option in there that lets you borrow against the policy and the policy will continue to compound and grow as if there was no loan even mm-hmm. on the capital you borrowed. To give you a quick story and then I'll stop. Uh, let's say you had $100,000 of cash. Just somehow you'd plowed a hundred grand into your policy. hundred okay. grand. And let's say you wanted to buy a $30,000 car. You could borrow against the policy, pay cash at the dealer, but your policy will continue to compound and grow with those guarantees and also dividends on top of those guarantees. On the entire 100,000 bucks, even on the 30 that you'd use to buy the car. Because you eventually have to pay them back, right? Good. Yeah, good point. Yeah. Now there's a loan against the policy, but there's no required repayment plan. You're in control of whether, if, or when you repay that loan. So if you don't pay back the loan, guess what? It's just going to get deducted from your death benefit when you pass away. Meanwhile, your cash is still compounding and growing while you're alive. So unless, you know, to give you an example, back to those numbers, let's say that your death benefit was, okay, let's say it was a million bucks. 
Okay. $100,000 of cash value. That's the money you can spend. One million of death benefit if you croak. And if you borrowed out 30,000 from your $100,000 of cash value, and you and let's say I did that yesterday and I died today, my family would get 1 million minus the $30,000 loan, so they'd get $970,000 income tax free. I guess they'll have to struggle along. Oh, and they'll get the car too, by the way. No. <laughs> so <laughs> that's a nice kicker, right? <laughs> um so that is that is my favorite way to make major purchases. All right, because now I don't only get the the car, or more more likely, I'd like to try to invest this money, like a real estate deal or you know stocks or whatever. Not only will I get the the car, but I'll also get the compound growth inside my policy at the same time. Interesting. So okay, then I have a question: Is there any firms or agencies you would recommend, or a whole life insurance policy you would recommend people look into? You that's maybe the most important next question because okay. there are 400,000. I looked this up the other day. There are 400,000 life insurance agents in the United States. Okay. That's, that's one, a lot. Yeah, that's a lot. That is a lot. Yeah. There are, that's one for every 800 Americans basically. Uh and so you know, just calling up your guy or gal, um you might be um you might hear them say something, oh yeah, I can do that for you. And then they scratch together a whole life policy that does not do anything that I just said, because very likely they don't have the training or expertise that comes with building this correctly. It took me three and a half years to really become proficient at this. I had to get certified with bank on yourself. Uh, And I would actually recommend to answer your question, Josh, you know, just find somebody who is bank on yourself certified. There's a bank on yourself. Yeah. There's a certification and authorization program in the financial industry. It's the only uh, credentialing and authorizing program that trains advisors like myself to build these things. Mm -hmm. Um, I've kind of likened this to elevator technicians. You know, when I get in an elevator, I just want to push the button and up I go. You know, I don't care how it works, really. I hope it does work. If we don't <laughs> want to do scary movie scenes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but if, if, if it's not certified and run by a technician, if it's just my uncle working on that elevator, I don't care if he's my uncle. I want to know that that thing's going to work. <laughs> right. Right. So it's the same with these policies. I've seen folks who thought they had a policy like I've just been describing. And it turned out it was wrecked with tons of commissions busted up with tax problems, going to fall apart on itself in retirement, going to lapse and become a tax nightmare. Um, I've seen all that probably um, over my 11 years of doing this. I've seen thousands of different, you know, uh, papers and projects and illustrations that folks have sent spreadsheets. And very often I'd say maybe 98, 99% of the time it's not designed properly. Uh, So anyway, look for a bank on yourself professional. There are hundreds of us around the country. You can work with me if you'd like to. I'm I'm trained in that way. I'm also a certified financial planner. And the colleagues I work with are going to do it right. They're going to be quality control, making sure that they design this thing right so that it meets your financial goals without taking a bunch of risks in the market or getting beat up with, you know, investment fees, that sort of thing. Wonderful. I want to say we do have a bit of a time frame. So what are the places uh, that everyone can get to you for, uh, say for me too, the, the contact you to get this all structured correctly? 
Well, thank you. Yeah. And I want to just briefly say, hey, guys, don't just do this because you heard this on a podcast. Do your research. Um, you know, there's there's obviously insurance expenses. There's obviously, you know, concerns that you'd want to review and make sure that it's a good fit for you. Um, you know, it's going to it's going to mean saving. Right. It's not an overnight success story. The returns are are modest. I would say maybe middle single digits is what you can expect. So it's not meant to be like a replacement for meme stocks or crypto or something. Uh, but it's just supposed to be steady, predictable, always increasing. Just think of it almost like an alternative to your cash savings, uh, doing four or five or or better percent. So um, with that kind of uh, cautionary tale out of the way, yeah, I, if you want to build true compounding wealth that's not built around paper profits on the market or Zillow's guesstimates on you, uh, but you want to build real contractual wealth that you can count on, uh, I can help. I'd be happy to chat. You can go to kickstartwithmark.com. That's kickstartwithmark.com. You can see the link to our podcast there. You can read about testimonials we've had. You can schedule a 15-minute phone strategy session where we can answer your initial questions. That's uh, kickstartwithmark.com. Awesome. And I'll have that in the description too. Absolute honor and pleasure to have you on, Mark. My pleasure, Josh. Thanks for all you're doing. Thank you. Well, congratulations. You made it to the end. You're an awesome person. Not many make it here. So being the awesome person that you are, can you do me one more awesome favor? Can you rate and review this on whatever podcast uh, services you're using? Um, app, if you do it on Apple uh, and you leave an actual written review, um, I have a thing on my website. I will take your written review and post it for all to see. Congratulations. You're permanently sealed on my site. Otherwise, um, I am trying to do YouTube more and live streaming. Um, I will try to put as many of the YouTube links in the description of the show as I can. So give your boy uh, some extra help over on um, YouTube. Watch my videos. I just mute it and change the channel, <laughs> change the, the window or something. But yeah, um, that's it. Thank you for being awesome and see you next time.